In this morning, book of Judges in chapter 7. I'd like to say again, appreciate the presence of each one this morning. Visitors, guests, those that are expected to be here and those that joined us on the whim, we appreciate you coming and we hope and pray that you can receive a blessing by being here this morning. If we hadn't already received a blessing from the wonderful singing, then we're missing out on something. If we hadn't already received a blessing from the Sunday school lessons that was brought this morning, we're missing out on something. But if you did miss it, we hope that you could receive a blessing from the from the message that God sent this morning. I, I've been praying all week that God would send me something for the, the graduates this morning. I remember whenever I graduated high school that it was a, a terrifying time. I, I, I was sure, positive, that I wanted to get out of high school. But at the same time, I wasn't sure I really wanted to get out of high school. And uh, you can tell that I wasn't ready to get out because as soon as I graduated, I went right back in. But joining the workforce and, and graduating high school, headed to college is... Uh, it can be a traumatic experience, and I mean that in a wonderful way. Uh, college is terrifying, and the workforce is difficult, but God said that he would take care of us the whole way, and he will that for both of you as well, and anybody else here that's entering a transition in their life. And that's kind of what I want to focus on with the message this morning is, is God blesses us and encourages us through transitions in our life. Uh, no doubt we've all been through it at some point in time, one of the biggest transitions for uh, for me was was getting married and uh, that was a big transition for us it's something that we had to change within us it's something that we had to receive a little bit of <laughs> a lot of encouragement from God and, and took a lot of praying and it took a lot of time down on our knees like the the song said <clears throat> but through it all and, and I heard that song this morning played on my phone while I was getting ready for church uh, the Bible the, the song says that through it all God has been good through it all he's been faithful and through it all he will continue to and that's what he's trying to get over to Gideon right here when he's telling and encouraging Gideon. He's, he's promising Gideon that he will be with him. He's promising that his presence will be really with him. And God here is giving Gideon a guarantee. And it's the same guarantee that he offers us today. In Judges in chapter 7, we're going to begin in verse number 9. Judges in chapter 7, verse number 9. It came to pass the same night the Lord said unto him, Arise and get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. But if thou fear to go down, go thou with Pura my servant down to the host. And thou shalt hear what they say, and afterwards shall thy hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then he went down with Pura his servant unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. For their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for multitude. And when Gideon was come, and behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow. And he said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian, and came unto a tent and smote it that fell, overturned it, and that the tent lay alone. And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, the man of Israel, for into his hands hath God delivered Midian and all the host. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped and returned unto the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather this morning. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings of life you've given us. Lord, we thank you for the rain that you've sent our way. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful revival that we had this past week. Lord, I pray that you would help us that revival would not stop in our hearts. 
God, if we continue to be revived on a daily basis, Lord, help us so we can submit ourselves daily unto you. God, that we could be used of you as you use Gideon here. Lord, help us that we wouldn't fear that we wouldn't be dismayed. God, that we could live our life with that promise that you've given us, God, to take care of us, to allow things to work together for good to us. God, that, that through it all, that you'll be with us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us say we couldn't fear, God, but we could trust in you in a greater way. Lord, most of all, if there'd be one here this morning that's lost and unsaved, Lord, pray that today could be the day they could see their need of a Savior before it be everlasting too late. Be with those ask answers in our prayers. You know the hearts of each one this morning. Forgive us for we fail you. Thank you most of all for Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. This is right after God kind of busted up the army and, and he sent Gideon. And here Gideon is, is going with 300 men into a, a valley of people that is absolutely, totally, and completely overwhelming. Uh, in between my my summer of graduating high school and starting college, I, I worked. And work was, was almost overwhelming because it wasn't that I got a break to go to school and relax every day. Whenever I, I joined the workforce that summer, it was it was working all day, every day. And, and most of you understand uh, exactly how it is going to work all day, every day. That can be overwhelming. When I finally did get to college, and, and don't get me wrong, uh, Louisiana Tech is the best school to be at. It's, it's way better than being a Tiger. But anyway, uh, uh, whenever I did get to college, uh, my first sociology class, there were two or 300 people in there. That was a shock for me, coming from a high school in Washington Parish where I graduated with 66. Uh, it was a shock to me. It was near about overwhelming, and, and it was just me. It, it was it, We were by ourselves. It there wasn't a whole lot there. And, and here Gideon is thinking to himself, God, it's, it's just me. It's just us. There are a multitude of people out here. The camels are innumerable. The people are like grasshoppers for the multitude. As a sand by the seaside, they were a massive amount of enemy out there. A massive amount of things and, and, and problems that could overwhelm Gideon and his 300 men. We can all grasp what 300 looks like. We can't grasp the number of sand, the grains of sand on the seaside. And so whenever we start looking at it, we're talking about a, a, a half of a, I'm talking about just a pinch of sand is what Gideon and his army was. And if you throw that pinch of sand out onto the, the beach, that pinch of sand don't even show up anymore. And so whenever it came down time for, for Gideon to go, God is encouraging him here. He said to fear not. He said, if you fear, he said, I want to prove it to you. And he sent him down with his servant to hear this dream and the interpretation thereof. And that encouraged Gideon. And the first thing that we see in, in Judges in chapter 7 here, in verse number 9, is the promise straight from God. And one thing that we know about God, and I think that we all can come to a consensus on this this morning, is that God cannot lie. God does not lie. And so the first thing that he says in verse number 9, he said, For I have delivered it into thine hand. He said, Get in, I've done give it to you. Over and over again, we read in the Bible that, that God had already given battles to Israel. We read about Jericho. They said, that If you follow my instructions, it's yours. The city is yours. The walls will crumble. And it did. Yeah. But Adam preached on David and Goliath. David said, David said, my God, whom I serve, will deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into my hand. He said he will. And here God told Gideon, he said, I have delivered them, delivered it into thine hand. 
One thing that God promises each and every one of us is that He will be with us. That He will deliver us. In Luke in chapter 1, verse 14, He will grant us that we will be delivered out of the hand of our enemies. That we might serve Him without fear. The thing that gets in the way between us serving God today and us uh, going our, our separate way is fear. Uh, it's a really big showstopper, if you will. Whenever we're scared of something, we tend to turn the other direction. Whenever we're scared of something, we tend to, regardless of what the prize may be on the other side, we tend to want to shy away from it. Here Gideon saw a, a host of, of people there that was absolutely humongous. And yet God told him, do not fear. When Daniel got thrown into the lion's den, I don't think that he was cowered up in the corner. I don't think he feared because he knew God was with him. When the three Hebrew children was thrown into the fiery furnace, I don't think they feared because they knew God was with him. When David ran toward Goliath, it didn't say that he kind of sauntered and tried to hide behind the rocks. He ran toward the giant. He ran toward that which God sent him to do because he did not fear. Today, if we get scared of something, if, if we allow something to overwhelm us, and, and I've listened to a couple of podcasts this past week, and one of them was, I am my own worst enemy. Your own worst enemy most of the time is right here. Whether Satan gets in your mind or not, we have a tendency to overthink things, do we not? Just a, just a smidge. Especially whenever it comes to things that get a little bit complicated, things that incorporate other people, things that could go wrong in the, the law or the old saying, rather, says if something can go wrong, it will. But God said it won't. So who are we going to believe? Everybody else or God? If God sends us through something, it's for a reason. This morning in Sunday school lesson brought out that the man was born blind and they asked who sinned. The Bible says nobody, but that God might receive the glory. God can send us through trouble and the Bible says that we will suffer if we serve Him. But God can send us through trouble, but it's not for, for us to be torn down. It's not for us to, to struggle. It's for us to be tried. How will we know how will we know what is good if there's never anything bad? We have no idea what good is until there's something bad. We have no idea what what struggle, what, what grace and peace is until we struggle. Amen. And sometimes we have to go through that struggle. The song says God on the mountain is the God in the valley. And whenever He sends us towards struggles, it's not... For us to, to just get bogged down and, and have a pity party. It's not for that reason. It is for us to depend on God in a greater way. And he told Gideon here, he said, I have delivered these into thy hand. He said, don't worry about how sharp your swords are. He didn't say that, but it's, it's reiterated here. He said, don't worry about how sharp your swords are. Don't worry about these 300 people I've sent you with. I have proved them. And he started out with a, a great number. And the guy said, that was too many. Whenever God sends one person in the battle, it's not because that one person is a great and mighty hero. It's because God can use that one person to be a blessing. Matthew 5, 16, Brother Dean said this morning, it was, it was one of his favorite verses. It was right at the tail end of the Sunday school lesson. It's my wife's favorite verse in the Bible, and, it, and it's become mine. It says, let your light shine. Let your light so shine before men so that they might glorify the Father. That is the point. That is the purpose. Whenever God sends us into trouble, whenever God sends us into struggles, whenever He allows us to, 
to grow our faith, then it's for our benefit. It's for our good. It's for us to grow. As a kid, my brother had growing pain, something fierce. His joints would hurt often, but that was him growing. Sometimes whenever we have to take medicine, especially vitamins, I'm talking about them horse pills like that right there. We do it so that we can grow. Whenever we have to learn how to eat our vegetables, we can't survive on bread and chicken tenders. It don't work that way. Every now and then, you got to have a mater or a cucumber. Brussels sprouts. You have to have a variety to grow. Sometimes you have to go through things. You have to try new things. You have to bite into that piece of asparagus to be able to grow. Whenever God sends asparagus or Brussels sprouts our way, if we shy away from it, then we're not allowing God to prove us. We're not proving our faith in Him. James says that faith without works is dead. Whenever He sends trouble our way, we should depend on God more. We should reach out to Him more. We should study our Bible more. And I, I haven't lived very long. I'm still, I still consider myself a young person. And so I can't say the troubles or trials that people may go in in their 30s because I don't know anything about it. But in the 20s, there are some troubles. There are some struggles. Most of mine came in college or immediately following in, in marriage. And, and it's something that makes us depend on God more. It's something that makes us realize the simplicity of ourself. That I can't do anything without Him. That I am nothing without Him. That I can't go anywhere. That I can't, within myself, I am nothing. The Bible says that our righteousness, the best that we have, is filthy rags. The second thing that we see here in Judges in chapter 7 is the presence of God. Back up in verse number 6, God proves His people. He takes, and we'll go ahead and read it, the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth were 300 men. But all the rest of the people bowed their knee to drink water. And the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men that lapped, I will save you. I will save you. Not that I might, but I will. He said, by these men, that, that I might receive the glory. Because in no point in time should these 300 men have beat a host of Midianites and Amalekites. At no point in time. They, they didn't have the numbers. They didn't have the, the strength. But God plus one is the majority. And whenever things get tough, whenever things get, whenever things get difficult, whenever staying up all night and drinking coffee don't work, Whenever working as hard as you possibly can to make the boss happy, don't work. Sometimes we just have to, to ask God to help us. And a lot of people, and, and I've heard it all my life, is I've done everything else. Pray for me now. I've done everything else. There's nothing left to do to pray. We ought to pray first. We ought to ask God to help us first. We are our own worst enemy. When I try to figure it out first, then I'm not depending on God. If I'll depend on God first, my life will be so much easier. But how many times do we allow our, our lives to get easier? We don't. We, we go the hard way. I saw a picture the other day. Is, it was God at the top and it was me at the bottom. And it said the route that God wants us to take is a straight line from me to God. But the route that we take, up and down, circles, Round and round covered the whole page. And then finally it skipped up to God. Because we want to make things so hard and so difficult rather than just asking God to help us. 
asking God to lead us, uh, asking God to give us peace, to give us strength. We're going to need it. Not only for the graduates here, but we have uh, several kindergarten graduates here. Th- those parents need it. Something fierce. We have several people that's on up in years. It takes patience to deal with the generation that is growing up now. And that's my generation, and that's these kids' generation. It takes a little bit more patience than it did 20 years ago. But instead of, of trying to ask God to help us, to lead us, to guide us, to give us wisdom to help these people, we, we try to do it all ourselves. Here Gideon didn't try to do it all himself. He didn't allow fear to get in between him and God. He went straight to God, and, and he said, oh, read it, down in verse 15, and it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation that he worshipped and returned to the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of the Midian. God guaranteed him with this dream. A lot of times we'll say, God, I need proof. This isn't the first time in his life that Gideon needed proof. Gideon doubted his calling whenever God called him to lead Israel. You all know the story of the fleece. First time God did it, Gideon still didn't believe him. How many times do we have to read this Bible? How many times do we have to go to church? How many times do we have to receive instructions from the Holy Spirit before we believe it? It's too many times. If your mama told you once to take out the trash and you didn't take out the trash, did she ever have to tell you again? Or did she come walking towards you with a belt the second time? Or did she come walking towards you with the phone charger cut in half the second time? Or the Xbox controller in her hand with the batteries took out? Oftentimes we'll understand it a little better when our parents told us to do something. We, we did it or there was consequences. And yet God tells us that and in Romans in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, most of you can probably quote that back to me. It said, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. They're called according to His purpose. All things work together. But if we won't listen to Him, then guess what? We're hurting ourselves. There's a, a quiz that I give at the beginning of every year. And, and it never fails. The kids always fail it every time. I give zero Fs for the first grade of every single year. Because the quiz is number 1 through 20. And at the top it says, uh, it says introduction quiz. Please read all the instructions carefully. Before starting. And number one says read 1 through 20. And so the first one at the top will be write your name on this paper. The second one will be uh, poke a hole in the top left corner of this paper. The third one will be shut up, uh, stand up and say I'm on number three. And it goes down the road just like that. And they're all something exciting. And the one is get up and draw your name on the dry erase board. And you get down to number 20 and there's a 21 right below it. And a little bit smaller font. It says, now that you've read 1 through 20, put your name on this paper and turn it in. And the kids didn't follow the instructions. Because if they'd have read 1 through 20, they'd have got number 21 and they would have done it. But instead, I get papers turned in with their, their hole punched in the top right-hand corner. I get papers turned in after kids have jumped up and yelled their, their name because they didn't follow instructions. That got me when I was in high school. It got me again when I was in college. I didn't read instructions. I didn't follow instructions. I didn't. I wanted to take the fast way because it's quicker if you just go ahead and do it all as you work your way down. We can't skip to the end of God's plan for our life. 
We can't do it. The Bible is a is stepping stone that allows us to get from one point in our life to the other. And it guides us in that way. And transitioning from high school to the, the next phase in your life is no exception. The Bible is a guide that will lead the way. In all the movies that you see, that, uh, especially the adventure movies, there's always a, a guide. Whether it's a, a wizard or a, a hobbit or a, a book of some sort, there's always a guide that helps people or helps the characters throughout the book or throughout the movie. Well, throughout our life, we have a guide. If you're in say this morning, it's called the Holy Spirit, and it's at one with the Word of God. If you're here and unsaved this morning, you're walking through this world blind, completely and totally. If you're here and unsaved this morning, God didn't give you a promise that He'll take care of you because you hadn't yet believed in His Son, Jesus Christ. God didn't give you a promise that He'll forever be with you. Matter of fact, God said that if you'll reject Him, that he, He'll reject you. God said that if you don't believe in Him, in hell you'll lift your eyes. If you're here and unsaved this morning, there's, there's no guide for you. The only promise of God toward you is that He will save your soul if you'll believe on Jesus Christ. If you'll repent of your sins and call upon the name of the Lord, He is a faithful and just God and will save you. And that is the only promise that you have from Him. If you're here and saved this morning, there are several promises throughout the Bible. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, He said, Come unto me all that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Some of you in here... Uh, went past high school and went to college education. Others went straight to the workforce. At some point in time in your life, you, you needed rest. If not, you got kids, you needed rest then. Sometimes we just have to step back, take a breath, take a break, a vacation, a staycation, a day off somewhere, somehow, some way. Jesus said, give it all to me. He said, your problem, your problems, your trials, your, your stress, give it to me. And that is harder to do than it is to say. I can tell you all day, give your problems to Jesus. I don't always give my problems to Jesus. It's harder. Easier said than done. That's what I'm looking for. Easier said than done. Matthew chapter 10, verse number 28. Fear not them which kill the body. And they're not able to kill the soul. When it comes to fear of God, and we can, we can give things to Jesus, but at some point in time, we're going to have to overcome that fear with faith. And those signs that you see up, I've seen a bunch of them in Bogalusa, that came up after the pandemic, is faith over fear. And whenever it boils down to it, that is a lot that, that God has commanded us to do, is to have more faith in Him than we have fear in the things of this world. Because God has conquered the things of this world. Jesus has overcome the things of this world. And so why should we fear them whenever we believe in Him? But we do. We allow stress, we allow problems, we allow pandemics, we allow masks, and they'll distract us from Jesus. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these blessings shall be added unto you. The first thing that we should seek in our life, is the kingdom of God. Flip over, if you would, to Philippians in chapter 3, and we'll close. Book of Philippians in chapter 3. If we focus on God, then everything else will come into play. But if we begin to be like Peter, if 
we get our eyes off of God, then things become a struggle. Saul in the Old Testament was getting ready to sacrifice to God, and God told him to utterly destroy everything in that city. But he kept the best of the animals. And when Samuel came to him, Samuel said, Why do I hear the oxen? Why do I hear the sheep? Saul said, I saved them to sacrifice. Samuel said, It is better to obey than to sacrifice. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. First obey God. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 13. Philippians 3, 13. Brethren, I count not myself to be apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God to Jesus Christ. Paul here said that, he said, I forget the things which are behind. I forget the things that, that God has brought me through because I gave them to Him. Paul gave everything in his life to Christ. Paul endured more than most of us will ever imagine, let alone have to go through. And yet through it all, he could say that I press toward the mark. I keep going. Of the 66 students who graduated high school with me, I say a few of them, less than half made it to college. And then less than half of that ended up graduating to the best of my knowledge that I can keep up with them. Several of them aren't with us anymore. A few of them really don't want to have anything to do with anybody. The classes and the people and the connections that we make in high school aren't forever. In college, I had some really great friends. Most of them I hadn't seen since 2016 when I graduated. Connections that we make in college are great, but they're not forever. When I joined the workforce at Varnadoa, some students that I got to become really close with, some teachers that I was great friends with are no longer out there anymore. And I haven't seen them since they left. We make great connections in the workforce, but they are not forever. God is. The job that He gave us is. The commission that He gives us is. The connection that we make with Him is. And so I urge you, especially as graduates this morning, as you transition from one stage of your life into another, remember that it's not about religion. It's about a relationship with God. It's about leaning on Him. It's about giving your life to Him. It's about obeying Him. And that should be a commission to each and every one of us, that we should obey God. Whenever I was, I think it was when I graduated high school, a man gave me a Bible, and I don't remember who it was, on the front cover of it, I opened it up. It said, the Bible. Read it, and it will keep you from sin. Neglect it, and sin will keep you from it. I was two years deep in college before I remembered exactly what that meant. It don't take much for us to get distracted from God. It don't take much for us to allow fear to get in between us and the goal that God has given us. In the same way, it don't take much for us to come back to Him. It don't take much for us to rely back on Him. It don't take much for us to get back into His Word, to get back in the church, to get back to where God wants us. Because He wants to use us. Matthew said, let your light shine. The key word in that is let. God wants to shine through us, but He can't if we don't let Him. God wants to use us, but we can't, He can't if we don't let Him. God wants to guide us, but we have to let Him. In every transition of our life, in every stage of our life, in every struggle, in every trial, in every fear, 
in every battle, we have to allow God to guide us. We have to allow God to use us. Whenever you find something in the in the mail or the Amazon truck shows up outside your house, you get something and it, it comes and you have to put it together. I've had nightmares over this. But it comes with a book, a packet of instructions. It comes with a book of instructions. How many people throws them away? Is it just me? Them instructions show up and you just, I got this. Show me a picture, I can build it. The instruction book to life. Let's not throw it away. Ain't it so much easier whenever you read the instructions? I don't want to admit it, but it is. It is so much easier. We got a great coast swing for the baby. And it looks crazy simple. I threw the instructions away. After spending all night trying to put it together and fail, I went outside to the trash can and I got the instructions. Ten minutes I had it put together. I spent all night trying to get this blooming swing put together and couldn't because I was trying to do it with my knowledge. I was trying to do it with my might my strength. Whenever I read the instructions, it became a lot easier. The instruction manual to life is not for us to throw aside. It's not for us to neglect. It's not for us to, to put on the table and, and dust, the, dust the, the dust off of it whenever it gets time to come to church. It's for us to read. And I dare say this. I heard a man say it one time. He said, people have got on to me for saying this. I believe that it's right. We should wear out this Bible. We should have to get a new Bible every few years. Because even if they are solid leather, real leather, we should wear them out. If they're bonded leather, we should wear them out. If they're cloth, if they're fabric, if they're paper, if they're hardback, we should wear out our Bible. Let's remember what God has told us. The guidebook that He has given us for our life and the instructions that He's given us for our life. Well, we'll have a verse of a song. You would stand and turn to page 279 of the book. <laughs> 279. 